Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We are excited to have Mellow Miles with us today. Thank you, Mellow, for joining us. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. You bet. Let's uh, let's introduce you to our, our listeners. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us a little bit about your background. <clears throat> okay. Um, Mellow Miles. Um, Heist Miles, if anybody knows me personally, or just Mellow. I'm from, grew up in Kansas City, Missouri my whole life. Um, I'm, I guess what you would call, you know, a local KC rap artist. Um, where I grew up, I mean, all over Kansas City, you know, whatever specific about that is, just all over Kansas City. Um, yeah, that's basically it. What Chill. high school did you go to? Chill dude. I was in Raytown a lot too. So yeah, I went to Raytown High um, from like middle school until high school. That's where I graduated. Okay. Did you have an interest in music, sports, arts? Were you what? what where were your interests like when you were middle school, high school? Uh, mainly football and mainly football it was just it was just basically that when i was in middle school the only thing i really did was kind of uh do football do weightlifting watch dragon ball z again and um <laughs> that was it no i didn't really have an interest in music at that point i didn't have, probably didn't have a music interest in music until like i graduated high school because i first started having an interest in music kind of when i stopped um like watching shit like wrestling, I start kind of just watching other stuff. First thing that came on was How One Hundred Three Park. How One Hundred Three. Um, I don't want to think my fault. What is it? One Hundred Six Park. My fault. Mm -hmm. One Hundred Six Park, and it was a new joint of the day. It was E Forty Sprinkle Me. If anybody knows that joint, and uh, I just thought it was super cool to see E Forty, you know, performing on there like that. I just, you know, I never seen anything like that before, especially from a big dude. I thought it was super cool, and from that point, I just dove deeper, deeper into music. Anywhere I can get music, like my brother. Listen to music. I listen to all his music. My mother listened to music. All her music. My my everybody just just wherever I can get, I listen to it. Mm -hmm. So around the time when I started to graduate high school, that's when I was you know start dabbling to myself. When I met a couple of friends of mine when we was playing basketball, and I figured out they rap too. Figured out some people rapped at my job, and I was like, damn, am I the only person that doesn't you know what I'm saying know how to do this? And I gave it a try. Turned I was pretty good at it. So it's, mm. you know kept with it. Became more of a passion thing for me, and still is. Yes, excellent. What was your? What were you listening to in your middle school, high school years? Crazy shit. <laughs> so, um, middle school. It wasn't really middle school. If it was middle school, it pretty much would be anything that was on TV. So, it, just listening to One Hundred Six Park all the time, I would, you know, get introduced to the artists that everybody knows. So it would be. E-40, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Tupac, Biggie, those type of artists that everybody are, you know, Jay-Z, those would be artists I listen to all the time. And then it would be, I would get a taste later on of like, artists that my older brother would listen to, Rich the Factor, uh, Fat Tone, uh, 
Hustler, who else? A lot of a lot of Bay Area artists, Messy Marv, you know, a lot of those type of artists. And then I was I was stumbled upon. I don't think this was his music, but I was stumbled upon different variation of artists that I really really dug. So I stumbled upon Tech Nine. I stumbled upon Shadow, uh, Little Robin, Mr. Shadow. I stumbled upon Twister, Do or Die, and I came infatuated with that the chopping style of rap, you know. But it was never really like. Um, like my style it was just something that like i was super infatuated with like them rapping like that so i wanted to rap i just wanted to know their lyrics you know i didn't want to do it myself but it was I came infatuated with that hmm. so yeah awesome awesome so out of high school <clears throat> you realized you had a knack for or love for 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 rap were you writing your own stuff how how soon did you start writing your own stuff uh so when i was in high school like probably on my senior year too it would be I would write some stuff and I would rap. I really didn't write actually. I just kind of just kept it to myself and I would like rap it over the song because I didn't know how, I, I don't know how to get beats or rap over it. I don't know any of that yet. So I would like write some stuff or um, just write some stuff in my head and then I would spit it to somebody at school and they were like, oh, that was so dope. But I'd be like, yeah, yeah, T-Pain said that, you know? Because I wouldn't want to take the credit for myself, so I would say anybody else said it, you know what I'm saying, to see if they liked it or not. Because I didn't want them to be like, yeah, that was super whack. You wrote that, you are fucking terrible. <laughs> you know, so I just <laughs> like say anybody else Rejection wrote it. Thing. Yeah, yeah, so then after that, um, when I graduated high school, I met my friend Keenan at the basketball court. And before that, you know, I, I again saw some people in my job rapping. So I didn't really start rapping, but I was like kind of writing poetry and stuff like that. And when I saw that he could rap, I was sharing him some of my stuff. And then I introduced him to my other friend, Royce. I was like, man, y'all should work together. And he was like, no, we should work together. Like, you dope at this too. And I was like, you know, you know, all right, cool. And then we, you know, for like my entire college time, that's all I did in college. I barely went to class. I barely did anything. It was like, I would go to class and I would go to his house. We play 2K. We rap. We rap over beats. We, you know, rap to each other and we try to just, you know, figure this thing out. Hmm. So. Where, where, where were you going to college? I went to college at just Longview Community College. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you dove head, you, you just went in full blast. Did you start getting buying gear did you start like what, what no, took you down the i mean no i was broke uh <laughs> so keenan showed me how to like basically just rip instrumentals offline and gave me sites to where i could find instrumentals that were free and then my friend royce he knew how to do the engineering stuff so we would go over to his house after we get done writing for forever and then, you know, since he had released music before Fish, I was like, yo, show me how you do this. He's like, I do this all myself. I make my beats, I rap myself, I record myself. I was like, man, show me how to do it. And we went to his house and in the, in the, in the, in the it was the attic of, of his house where he lived. And, you know, he, he he showed me where the mic was hung up in there. And like in hindsight, of course, now, cause you know, we were older, we got to invest more in the craft, everything. It's like, that's crazy that we started about, uh, started like we started, but Honestly, at that time, it was like the coolest thing I had ever seen in my life. So he just had a microphone hanging from the ceiling. And even he was like, you know, trying to be like he was embarrassed about it. But you couldn't embarrass. I was like blown away by that he could do it himself. So it wasn't nothing embarrassing about me. But it was a mic hanging from his ceiling. He had a sock over it, like for this for this particular part, like the muffler, that's all he had for it. And he had his laptop and we just recorded our first couple ones in his his uh, attic. And 
it was, it was so uh, dope to me. I was like, we should go to a real studio. Let's put our money together. And we started doing that. We started putting our little bit of money together, going to real studios, getting introduced to like, it just got more and more official as we went along and yeah. trying to figure this thing out, you know, because, you know, it's, it's no like somebody to show you it for real, but we just figured it out. Yeah. So how, so how early were you recording stuff and sharing it, like getting it out there? Start when, when were you? I think I, I put out my first uh, mixtape. That shows how long it ago is. It was a mixtape because people don't do mixtapes anymore. Right. But I put out my first mixtape probably in 20, I want to say 2016. Okay. That was my first mixtape. Okay. 2016. I, th I think so. Okay. It was just Mellow Music 1, my first mixtape. And that was, I think it was on Dat Piff in 2016. All right. What are some of the studios you've worked in around town? Man, uh, so I, aside from just millions of people's just house, um, I've, I've worked at Chapman before, uh, Studio B before. Uh, on label was a studio we started. Um, what other ones? Then I, I think I, we found our home with, uh, you know, my homie Max's studio, but he started and that's mainly where we recorded. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I had interviewed uh, Alex Sardiano, who was an engineer at Chapman Studio. Yeah. Worked work with a lot of guys there, and that was kind of fun. He has. I think every own... time I went there, I worked with Matt Peters. Okay. And that's that's my guy. He works at a Strange now. Strange, Strange music, I guess, right. engineer. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, every, I think every time I recorded, I became really good friends with him because he also used to record another house studio that uh, somebody else. Um, <clears throat> and just after I heard him because he was also an artist too he was in his band Sage and Sour I was a huge fan of them and we just kind of you know we just became friends mm -hmm. after that but he mainly recorded us before Matt awesome yeah so um, if you, for those listening if you listen if you go on Spotify or iTunes you're gonna and look up Mellow Miles yep um, Mellow Miles Spotify anywhere you listen to music Spotify Amazon uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, SoundCloud, yeah, you can find pretty much find it anywhere. YouTube, and you can find it probably from the beginning to the end. If you can find some reverberation, if you dig deep enough, so pretty much always been everywhere. I could figure out where to put it. Right, and um, one of your your EPs that I uh, listened to was called S Soapbox Sermon. Mm -hmm. And titles, uh, th th this really caught my attention, right, because of my background and everything. Right, 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 so. Right. You had through the valley, you know, so it's obviously a, it's a reference to Psalm 23 mm -hmm. through the valley of the shadow of death thing. Mm -hmm. You had a song called Preach, Soapbox Sermon, Substance Abuse. I thought I can relate to all of that. <laughs> I hope so, because it was all more of a me and my friend, one of my best friends, Craig Smith, had to talk about how I was approaching this project and kind of the theme behind it. You know, he has a. I would let's just say mixed or complicated history with the church too, and I was asking him like, "Yo, is this all, is this all sacrilegious what I'm doing?" And his this is the funniest answer. He was like, "Yes." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," <laughs> like I wasn't trying to be, but it was just more trying of a metaphor to kind of relate it to me. Yes, it has those implications of what they are from for mm -hmm. sure, but if for one, if I'm not either if I'm from more spiritual than Christian or whatever because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not Christian or whatever I'm not I'm not using these phrases to be sacrilegious in a sense I'm just kind of referring it how I am so each title and song has its own deeper meaning mm -hmm. that may even be only known to me but that's the way I was trying to portray it when I put it out yeah 
Oh, you, you take a metaphor that has one context mm -hmm. and then spin it into another context. Yeah. And it's, I, I love that kind of stuff. It's, I appreciate it's that. It's creative. Um, yeah, talk, if you don't mind, talk about your spiritual background, your journey. Did you got, Did you grow up in a church? No, no not at no. all. Um, my, the certain members of my, my mom's side of family that are really religious, and then my pops was Muslim, and we were, sort of raised Muslim but not really so, and then kind of as I got older I mean the best way to describe it is, is I don't know if he got bored with it or he just kind of stopped so we just kind of started doing whatever your dad yeah okay and the whole family you know my mom's she used to you know wear hijab and everything but as I got older that all of that just kind of stopped I think it's, it stopped when they weren't you know really together was was your dad influenced by Malcolm X that whole uh, movement of the uh, the the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was his okay. influence. Yeah, so he's yeah. more of the Nation of Islam and the teachers of that, but I think he still identifies himself as Muslim. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the Nation of Islam, but follow closely with Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teachers. So that is not something I dove into. I dove into the actual Quran, but you know, just as I get older and older, it's more, I guess it is more just for a spiritual kind of thing that I would more connect to. You know, mm -hmm. I feel I feel at the end of the day, Whoever you're praying to is probably still the same one that I'm praying to, mm -hmm. regardless of the name. That's just how I feel, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, how would you describe your spirituality today? Just is it is it uh, um, is prayer a part of it? Is absolutely is it, yeah yeah um, prayer. I mean, I'm, I believe in God. It's, I think it's more of a personal relationship, from person to person. I don't really necessarily believe in a lot of the the show of of organized religion. I believe in the personal relationship with God, you mm -hmm. know, between you and whatever you believe in, whether it's the universe, the energy, you know, the Lord and, and an elephant, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you believe in is whatever you believe in. And it's all about your personal relationship with what you believe in. Yeah. You know, that has nothing to do with anybody else. Yeah. Anybody yeah. Else. So when you, when you wrote, when you were working on Soapbox Sermon, what like what what was going on in your life to uh to to bring out sort of mixing these metaphors into your journey like there seem there seem like there's a lot of like you sound like you're going through some pretty tough times i couldn't tell i don't know if it was really tough at that point it's is it, it was more of a more of a hunger i feel like when i was as i started rapping i think as well like a lot of the production i chose a lot of the song titles I chose, a lot of the sounds I chose for my projects were because I wanted it to, I wanted people to kind of see where I was as far like, like be seen of this type of person who was like, even my, even before I put out that, that EP, I had a song called Feel Good, which was my very first officially released single. And on that one, it's the same type of big feeling. And that, that more encapsulates in my time, my thinking and my energy was just more, um, just kind of positive. But not only positive, it just I wanted I wanted it to be motivation. I wanted it to be, you know, whatever you're trying to do, you can do it, but you have to go at it with with the type of with the type of tenacity and ferociousness and just there's no other way or else it won't happen, you know. So when I when I got to my project, I feel like when I start choosing choosing the tracks like through the valley, I made it okay relating relating to that passage of, of the Bible, it, you know. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. 
And I feel like I'm a person who who walks like that, where it's like, regardless of how daunting and unbelievable the odds may be, I don't ever try to walk through it with just even visible or even inside fear. You know, just I feel like it needs to be calm. It needs to be. I mean, I even have a song called Goliath too, but it's, it needs to be that type of feeling, like that David versus Goliath. Like however big this is, I will find a way to conquer. I will find a way to win. Yeah. You know, so that was my more making a statement of like this is this is me. I'm here and I'm here to do this because I'm phenomenally good at it, and everybody's gonna gonna see that. You know, before I start diving deep into my personal story and everything else, I wanted to kind of just show that like, yo, I I am here to do this better than everyone else. You know, because I practice my ass off of you know absorb this and I don't care how daunting you know the you know it is you know I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a win you know yeah yeah um you you've got a couple of songs substance abuse drug you know the, those kind of is that something that are those metaphors or is that stuff you've wrestled with is uh, that no 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 I don't I, I I've I so <clears throat> Substance abuse is kind of a carryover metaphor before for the mixtape that I dropped right before my first single, which was called Sick Addiction. Sick Addiction kind of refers to my addiction to music, my addiction to trying to trying to make something out of nothing type of thing mm -hmm. with this music thing, because I mean, you know, they, you know, whatever people say about the definition of insanity, we all know it's just not banging your head against the wall and just expecting for different results. And I feel like you have to be insane to do what you, to to do something like what we do, and a lot of the creative fields, especially music. So when I came up with that, <laughs> when I came up with that uh, sick, sick addiction title, it was more metaphors on that tape about making the metaphor between being addicted to music and literally needing that rush of of almost. I guess the drug would be almost attention and instant gratification of everything but it's 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 an endless and constant chase of it mm. you know when people are driven by money that's one thing but when you're driven by like lily i like you know i some nights not sleeping some nights not eating flunking out of school and and spending my last money on beats ruining relationships um just just trying to do like nothing else in life matters other than this well, I, I've you know I feel like that's that's addiction, you know, <laughs> that's 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 you like, and that's literally st how strongly I felt and still feel kind of to this day. Things have changed a little bit, you know, growing, but when when I when I when I made that metaphor like uh, substance abuse, it was a metaphor be 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 more about the substance that I'm putting into that track. Yeah, every time I did a substance abuse, which is that's technically number two, and there's three of them so far, but it was more like a recollection of of like what what I've gone through so far mm. in those substance abuses. So there's, I think in that one that I put on the tape, it was more talking about it was a lot of um, police shootings. It was a lot of turmoil between me and my friends. It was a lot of it was a lot of. Uh, just feeling like you know you want to give up everything type of feeling and it was just me kind of like still having that same feeling of I can never give it this up though mm -hmm. you know like I'm, I'm willing to not be friends with whoever no more I'm willing to not be friends with people that I consider family I'm willing not to have this relationship with a person I love so much but there's one thing I will never ever quit is this you know so I just feel like that's what that was about yeah interesting 
Yeah, I think any I think anything can become addictive or absorb us mm-hmm. to where we kind of lose focus on everything else. And, yeah. Um, I tend to I tend to dive into most things mm-hmm. like really wholeheartedly yeah i learned that i have that personality trait as well (laughs) like usually when i find something i'm interested in full blast i'm 1000 percent interested in until i've exhausted yeah that interest and you know that's how music was for me i've just never not you know it's only maybe only within the last three years of like me starting my business me having a, a kid me trying to figure out something a life outside of just you know music it's the mm-hmm. only thing that really changed that for real because before that you you know I, I i would be probably on the i could be on the street and homeless you know and and still be doing music you know mm-hmm. and that would still just be all my passion it wouldn't matter if there was a dime in my pocket i would still find that way because we always found a way you know we you know we lost everything before trying you know just chasing this and all we did was just grab everything that we had and still try to create that's all we did mm. you know so yeah so when did when did you do your first uh like did you start performing around town here in kansas city where you just i did yeah did you start doing clubs or or where what tell tell me a little bit about some of your your live performance stuff so the first person who uh who um met me was his name was steven cooper and we recorded in his house and when i finished up my first single he helped me kind of release that and release that through him and he put me on his show that he had at the czar bar and which is no longer around there's no clubs around here no more but at the czar bar where he gave me like an hour-long set which is for somebody who's never done live performance before is really stupid you know what i'm saying it's fucking nuts you shouldn't you don't know what you're doing you know but i did like i did fantastic at it and from there, it was another bar owner named Tim who owned the riot room. And his, at the time, I think his, uh, you know, Lugie was related to him in some type of way. They were inviting me to do more shows there. So I started to do more shows there, which opened up for my friends that I rap with to do more shows there. And then we found other bars and we do more shows there. So we did open mics at, you know, soul sessions. We did anything that we could find to try to increase, you know, our our buzz around the city you know was that's kind of how that started yeah um the uh that you just did a show recently at rhino right i did yeah yeah birthday boy show with my boy uh cuddy bear and did was that one of your first shows since covid stuff or that's one of my first shows since i released soapbox sermon I, I mean i haven't i have not i have been very much hermit when it comes to releasing new music that i've created because of just again just different things that have transpired in my life mm-hmm. so i've been really um doing something that isn't really me but it's just it's it's become like a it's almost like traumatic it's just second guessing everything so i haven't really done many shows okay. since i did like my release show so that's the first show i've done in like since it's maybe four or five years and who was the guy you did it with cuddy bear cuddy bear okay. it was a lot of other talented people on the show um that everybody's name is going to escape me but i i know it was i don't want to it was her name is naomi she i think it's naomi had that feel getting out after four or five years um it's always a it's always like that it's it's like the rush that you that I think I one of the rushes I think I chase you know when I'm on stage I don't necessarily uh 
care who's who's there like that you know i don't care who all showed up for it which i think we did pretty decent at the show it was definitely people there but i'm so i'm so in invested in what i created and sharing it i'm more i think i'm more uh more so invested in the interactions that come after that you know not necessarily the performance of the show which good or bad Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the performance of the show it's more the connection to the art you know which is like another thing that I'm actually trying to, you know, figure out a balance with. You know, you got to put on a good show. It's the inter- entertainment industry. You know, it isn't the, this isn't a poetry slam. This is a different type of thing. Mm. But at the same time, when I get done with a show, I like the I like the connections where people are actually listening to what I had to say and then want to connect with me off that. That's just mm-hmm. a personal thing. Yeah, I I watched a few clips from that show. Just oh, yeah? that you, there were a couple little posts on Instagram, oh, I think, or something like that. Yeah, look, it was cool. Look good. Um, what about the uh, you, you've done some a bunch of different singles with different people mm-hmm. uh, one of them that caught my attention was uh, Switch with, oh, yeah. with Oreo A Oreo A sorry sorry see I'm bad at names I'm bad at names he ain't gonna never leave that shit yeah 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 Oreo A yeah no you had it right Oreo yeah Oreo A alright so is that he's a local guy that you've done I've recorded everything with. with him since since my mi- mixtape sick addiction. I've recorded everything pretty much with him. So he's like, he's my unfortunate best friend. He's uh, a bad influence. He's a headache. He's ridiculously <laughs> talented. He's a great engineer. He's a, he's a shitty and decent person at the same time. It's crazy, but yeah. So Switch is something that we did right, I think it's right before a show that we had in St. Louis opening up for Jordan Lucas. And we went down Art Alley and it was just a really cool alley. And we was like, yeah, we, you know, we just recorded, We do, I think we recorded that song like a day before. And we was like, you know, you know your verse? I know my verse, let's let's, let's do something. Yeah. And we- It's a cool away. video, I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take that long to shoot. We wasn't trying to be super extra, just something to put out. And it, it seemed that people really, really dug hmm. it. It was dope. Cool, cool. So tell us about your, your videography, your photography, your, you know, all the, I mean, you're into, a, you do you do a lot. What's your, what's the name of your company? Viewpoint Visuals. Viewpoint Visuals LLC. Is a, How, what's a, your website for that? Is there? A, it's actually under under a rebranding phase right now. So okay. it, the website was Viewpoint Visuals KC, and it'll probably be re re uploaded as Viewpoint Visuals KC okay. unless we decide to change the branding of that as well. But it's Viewpoint Visuals KC. A it's more of a content creation company. Um, you know any any type anything that has to be done with creating content for either businesses, artists, um, brands, everything. We we hopefully are trying to re, rebrand this to where we specialize at because we've been doing it for so long. Even the videos that you reference, like we shot all those. You know, everybody who either works with me, works for me, or any type of capacity, we have shot all those. So, and uh, along with. I, I don't know if it's yeah it's definitely is hundreds of other videos especially for artists around Kansas City at this point and businesses around Kansas City at this point so you know that that's something that we you know we want to really show what we've what we've how we've grown since uh, 2017 which when it was originally when I started it and I want to show how we've grown with, with basically just trying to master um, telling everyone's story 
you know, telling everyone's story in a way that they tell us it, and then we try to cap capture that and then put it out there so they can show the world it. You know, whether it be a business, a brand, an artist, anyone. So if a business wants to do a promo video, kind of tell their story, get that, is that the kind of? Yeah, that's exactly that. We don't, okay. you know, doing a promo video is one thing, but getting to know that business and getting to know what they, what they do, what they're about, why they do what they do, you know, mm -hmm. how they do what they do, what's what's their end goals of everything. You know, we're not necessarily you know interested in just saying, oh yeah, yeah, we can do whatever you want. You know, we want to know, we we, we want to know everything about you that makes you you and why you're doing what you're doing because we want to help you identify that and then help you create something that is not only just gonna gonna get the the key phrase is going to get you your ROI, it's going to get you those sales, you know, whether, you know, hard or soft sales or, or more clicks and everything. We want to actually see what can we create for you that's going to be Thomas? What, what can we create for you that's going to be something that you're going to be proud to stamp with with your business as we're going to be proud to stamp of, of how much passion we put into your work? You know, so that's that's something that we I feel like we've mastered with doing so much work with creatives. You know, we're, we, we, we try to uh, blend a, a, a great and unique balance of just corporate and creative mm. you know so that's that's where I hold a lot of stake in what I'm creating with my company now mm -hmm. what are what are some of the projects that you you're most proud of that you you've done with your company over the last few years huh let's see I, I'm I'm mostly proud of it's, it's it, I can't choose a one but I think every, a lot of things I've done with artists are just so unique and so capturing I love when people just you know tell me like oh that video was amazing oh they're not even telling me they're telling their artists you know that they're, Yo, that video was amazing when y'all did this and that and this and that and I'm like that's so cool that they were able just to tell us this crazy idea and they were, we were able to capture it and put it out there to where people did connect to it you know what I'm saying so I mean I probably our most most uh, one of our most successful videos would be the big body video, you know, the merch right here. You know, y'all can see that right there, uh -huh. right there, right there, right there. Uh, the big body video with my homie, the epitome, and my sister, Amir Wang. It was just a project to where we went into it more passion filled and we just kind of wanted to encapsulate this idea that they had. And every idea was crazy, and every idea was just not like it wasn't, it was just an idea, and we turned it into a, a good piece of art that everybody seems to really really appreciate so you know so what it says i haven't seen this what is big body oh yeah. see this see? uh <laughs> this little thing right here <laughs> is all about it's a it's a song by uh the epitome of mirror wang it's a it's a body positive and a very hype party song that they made okay and it was just centered around it was just centered around basically just just love yourself do what you think out there type of thing also it was a lot of ass in it so it was great it was a really dope video <laughs> one of my favorite ones that's awesome uh, now I have to see it yeah my, my, <laughs> show the booty you got it up Matt <laughs> I'll find it <laughs> awesome fun stuff um, so tell us Tell us about uh, what projects you're working on now. What what's going on? Um, when it comes to um, video projects, working on a lot of more corporate stuff right now. We have finished another big video, big video for Amir Wayne that should be coming out. I think New Year's, and you know that was pretty pretty fun video. Other than that, more personally, I'm working on releasing a lot of other singles. 
for me, just trying to get back into the the rhythm that I once had with the music. So I got about four or five singles that I'll be releasing with a couple other visuals. Again, probably all shot by our company, you know. So um, that's that's what's you know going to start off twenty twenty two for me. Okay. And then what about some of your uh, solo stuff? What are you? That is solo stuff. That's all solo. All, all that all is that. solo. Okay. All that is solo stuff. Okay. More focusing on new songs, new sounds, new experiences I've been through since I've last released music. So, okay. so, so, uh, hopefully it's a, it can connect with how I wanted to connect, you know? Okay. Who, who are, who are some of the people that have had the most influence on you as far as like, you know, either mentoring up close or from a distance, like people that you've, that really feel like have been positive influences on you? Uh, my son, Craig Smith. Yeah. He's a, he's a big influence. He's another KC artist. I've, I, I took him under my wing a long time ago. No, he's older than me. He's done bigger things than me, but you know, um, I had a, I had to get him straight and, you know, make sure that he, he, he would come out into the world prepared, you know? So he, he, he he did a lot of he's done a lot of great things he's still doing great things he's out in LA right now um doing a lot of things like his podcast Superfly he's also I mean it's it's, it's impossible to count how many licenses and song tracks and songs that he's had in in, in your, your favorite TV shows your favorite movies doesn't matter from high to low if it's been a blockbuster he's he's been in it in some capacity hmm. when it comes to the music he's he's amazing artist he, he's been on big projects as far as like Tech 9 and everything so um, taking a lot of is he a Kansas City guy? yeah he's from here as well okay so he's Craig Smith he's a he's a, he's a really good dude and he's, he's always giving me a lot of good knowledge me and him just honestly are probably more alike than we both realize and that we do realize that you know which is why we vibe so much when we create together vibe so much when we talk and when we you know just try to motivate each other to keep moving and um so he's one of them and then also will be of course the epitome that's like it's like a brother that's still here to be the epitome is like you know we met randomly at a show and ever since then we just been we just been creating everything everything together that everybody sees you know for for as far as his brand and everything he's he's just been a great influence and a great motivation to just keep kind of keep kind of feeling and feeding this hunger that we all feel you know yeah that's good stuff good what um as you've have you as you've journeyed through all of this you there's been a few times where you like you mentioned a, a, when we did our bonus round you talked about a book on mental health that you've been reading mm -hmm. um what, what what are some of the what, what are some of the things about mental health that have drawn you into even looking at a book like that or reading or um i guess it's just experiences you know when over the last um and a lot of these songs that i'll be putting out will be kind of reflecting all of this life that's just been happening you know and when it comes down to it that's all it really is and i think that's uh that's one of the perspectives that keep me kind of just grounded in a and a newfound sanity after all of this but it's just um kind of getting better understanding of what's what's been going on in my head and why how much like processing everything that happens to me you know everything that happens to me for me anything and how I process it and how I'm just dealing with it you know and I feel like for the longest time after um uh, let's see it's been probably about three or four years 
I will. Since then, I've been, I've been divorced. I've been. Uh, I guess it's more relatively homeless than actual, you know. But it's it's it's. I've been um, and then I had a newborn baby, making bare minimum, company failing, relationships failing, whether it be business or professional, and just me just trying to figure out how to deal with all that, and it's just feel like everything kind of crashing down at once and you just not being prepared enough to handle that, you know? And then just the aftermath of how it leaves you and then how it left me. And I was just more interested, I guess, of how how to deal with the lingering effects of all that, you know? Just, I don't, I don't know if it's a PTSD thing or if it's just a high anxiety thing, but there would be times after like the last couple of years, I would be just hyperventilating and just freaking out and then just sobbing uncontrollably or having, you know, those thoughts of harming yourself or anything like that, just having those thoughts and just thinking like, you know, you it's it's a weird thing to not talk to people about that when that's such a dramatic shift in the type of person that I was. You mm-hmm. know, that wasn't me ever. You know, I've never experienced it ever. Mm-hmm. And I the way I put it in the metaphor when I talk to people about it, it's like it's like everybody's familiar with like Michael Jackson, Joe Jackson, his dad, right? Mm-hmm. The mental state that I feel like I had to, to, to like always want to be the best, want to be better than, be just be successful and 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 do what I do. It was almost it's like having Joe Jackson as a daddy, but like mentally all the time, mm. you know, just whatever you do, you have to be the best, and whatever you're doing is not good enough, and you have to work harder. You always have to work harder. It doesn't matter that you're tired. It doesn't matter that you're, you're exhausted. It doesn't matter that this is failing. It doesn't matter that that's failing. You have to work harder. You have to keep going because you are slacking always, mm. you know. And for I guess twenty some years of life, that's how I got through life. You know, it's just um, always making sure that like, yo, you were you were failing. You got to work harder. And then when you beat that into yourself and things start to happen positive, you know, you reward yourself with a slight pat on the back and then negative reinforcement just to make sure that you keep going. That's that just me personally. I don't know if other people mm-hmm. process it that way, but that's just how I process mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then as 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 it keeps going, and then then. Um, you know, it's it's like a great motivator to have that type of mind, but it's just not healthy nor sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like old fables. I don't. I, I can refer to so many different things, but the main one that I even just learned just today, I think it more mainly refers to is um, what is the what is the fable I just watched today? The unhappy stonemaker. You know, to where it's just it's it's just seeing what you don't have and not appreciating what you do, and that's just how like my mind state always is. And I feel like for a winner, that's what you need to have to be successful. That's what you need to have. You cannot be content, mm. but at the same time, you just when you are successful, you're not. You know, you get to a certain point and you've done certain things, and you don't take the time to appreciate that and give yourself some slack. All you do is just beat yourself down more and more. Mm. And when something unfortunate happens, like, well, you know, just some things that happened to me in my life, it just felt like beating myself up on top of things falling apart, beating myself up on top of things falling apart. And then the more you try, they still fall apart. It just it just was damaging. Mm. You know, it was just just make you just not want to get out of bed. And then you just feel ashamed and depressed and just, you know, different emotions you never had to deal with before. And so so you know me just you find the things to hold on to and try to 
rebuild would be like my son and my music and my career and my business I've held on to those things because probably if I didn't have you know I came to a point where I was like if it, if I, if it wasn't for me having a son I'd have checked out 100% I would have checked out because I did, I, I, did, I would wake up in the morning and just feel like there is literally no reason to get out of bed mm. there's, there's absolutely nothing that is working for me here there's mm. absolutely nothing that's keeping me here there's mm. nothing that motivates me there's nothing that's driving me so it's like and Joe Jackson is still in my head just saying you you are pitiful you are worthless you are not doing what you need to do why the fuck do you even try and that's just my mental mm-hmm. state just kept doing that to me mm. and it's and you know it's just it's still something I'm trying to figure out now to like how to like turn that shit mm. off you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying because whenever you know as you grow you don't you, you can't have that much Joe Jackson and we, what if Michael Jackson was Michael Jackson but still had Joe Jackson demanding more perfection mm-hmm. out of one of the most talented yeah. artists to ever live. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was already crazy. <laughs> what would that have done to him? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's just, and not to comparison to Michael Jackson or anything, but, you know, just to mm-hmm. say like, you, it's just something that I feel like um, if there are other people that meet like me, well, you just got to have to like, Learn when that's enough, Joe Jackson. You know, that's that's enough berating yourself. Hmm. Give yourself a break. You know, but like you, you have accomplished things, mm-hmm. and you have to take a moment to understand. Not only understand it, but live in it. You know, mm-hmm. you take a moment to give yourself some slack. To like, yo, yeah, that you, you've been through some bull, mm-hmm. but you have helped so many people. You continue to help so many people. There are people that love you. You know, even though, you know, your mind tells you that they don't, mm. there are people that care about you. There are people that will be affected by you if you're not, you know, you weren't here and around. You have you have a support system that you have to use mm. and you just got to learn to use it, you know. Mm. So I guess that's more or less to answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's man. I can relate to that. You know, I had never felt like checking out. I'd you never, never have never had felt until uh, until I went through what I went through yeah, two three yeah. years ago yeah and uh, when I lost my career and my church and you know everything you know I pretty much lost most everything but my life right and I I don't I don't I I didn't put a suicide plan together but I felt a notch above that like and I was I can relate to like I wake up in the morning I didn't. I didn't I didn't want to get you know it's like yeah there's nothing that I'm looking forward to in this day today or tomorrow or the next mm-hmm. day you know what I mean and it yeah. was it was dark really dark so I like I was like if one suicidal I was like a two you know what I mean like on a scale of one to ten tens everything's going great and one's yeah suicidal thought stream and I was about a two yeah and um I'd never been that dark. I'd never felt that depressed. I'd never beat myself up like you're talking, you're calling it a Joe Jackson voice, you know, that inner Mm -hmm. critic Mm -hmm. and that shame and just hating myself and just the voice of just running myself down. I mean, it was intense. Yeah, it uh, is. It's it's a weird feeling. And I, you know, I like what you said about how, um, you know, we can start believing that voice 100%. Mm-hmm. and not hear anything else right yeah and yeah and and you 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 said you started had to remind there are some people out here that still love me there are some the people. hardest thing that i like yeah deal with today is like 
<clears throat> it's like all my best friends. Uh, well, I ain't gonna say all, but like a, you know, a couple of them. I've I've come to them in them dark moments, and then and they try to convince me, like, dude, you like you you gotta you gotta relax. It's not like that, and it's just a it's just a thing, and it's just in my mind, like you're full of shit. You don't you don't you know you don't care about me like that. You don't. And you start to you start to like there's there's nothing that anyone can do to change your mind on them like, and that's why I said like if I didn't have my son I probably would have just I'd have been at a one or a zero because when I had him I felt it was you know something that loved me unconditionally like truly and purely like you know and it it, it have has no reason to other than I'm feeding it and <laughs> take care of it. But as he's gotten older, like it's the purest, purest thing that like, it's like, I like, he's, you know, I just feel that genuinely from him. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, if that's genuine, what is, what is all this other shit? You know? Hmm. Cause if that's genuine, what is all this other shit? But you just really gotta, that's, that's, you know, my mind tries to figure out things logically, but that's, that's not logical, hmm. you know? That's that's your child. Mm -hmm. These are your friends. You know how they express and show their love is completely different. But it's just it's just that inner monologue that you have. Like you know you, you know you might you're not my friend. You're here because I do stuff for you. You're here because you know you know when you're in trouble, I'm a shoulder to cry on. You know when you have problems, I'll never turn my back. And then even when you go through this and it's and it's not intentional on a part i want to make that very clear like i've come to friends at times and it's just you you take things way too literal personal that you don't need to take so when people come to me and they're 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 they're, they're you know dark time or and i and i'm there you know i'm there to talk i'm there to listen no matter what i'm doing mm -hmm. but then when you turn around and turn to them and like oh, I'm, I'm busy let me call you back and or you know I could come over later, but I can't listen to you now. I'm like, I need somebody now, you know? And you start to take that like, okay, because you know why that is, is because I'm not as important to you as you are to me. And, you know, the love that I feel for you, how I would, how I would stop everything for you, you would not do that for me. So that's not love. That's just, that's just convenience. You know, you love me when it's convenient. You care about me when it's convenient. And, and that's just my mind talking to me like that. 24 7 mm. you know that's how my mom would talk to me 24 7 mm. I'm like you know it's just something you got to get a hold of they're like you just feeding yourself lies mm. you know you're just feeding yourself mm -hmm. a weird perspective that isn't true yeah yeah so i hear you yeah it's weird <laughs> well you know i i started going to a therapist and uh and uh i would just talk through that that self-hatred and shame and I had a few friends that really stuck with me. And I had some, you know, honestly, my I, my mom and dad are still around and I have three sisters and they, they all just really loved me through this. So it's that, I mean, that's a huge blessing. But so then I would just, you know, when I would share with people what I'd done and what I'd gone through and how I felt like, you know, I'd hurt or disappointed so many people and all that stuff. And then they would just love me anyway. You know, yeah. and so that kind of that the people who showed me love and grace at my worst moment when I hated myself the most mm -hmm. are the it, it helped me start feeling like, wow, maybe God really does still love me or maybe maybe God can forgive me or maybe, you know, whatever. I mean, it just it started uh, making that negative voice 
just quiet. less powerful. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, less quiet. Uh, you know, quieted it down. Yeah. But not less quiet. But yeah. I tried. I tried. Um, yeah. I tried. Uh, you know, different. <clears throat> or you know, when you also just it's unfortunate because when you. When you don't have that much money, that care is not just like free. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. so and that's a that's a unfortunate thing. You know, when you're going through some crazy, crazy times, and people just say, "Oh, you need to talk to someone. You need to go see a therapist. Yeah, you need to get some help." Like, bro, I can, I I don't know if I'm eating tonight. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I don't I don't I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. Right. I don't I don't have a I don't have a bed frame for this pissy mattress I'm laying on. I can't afford therapy. Yeah. You know, and then you look to alternatives. Oh, they have the apps and it's a lot cheaper than going to that. And when you finally, you know, just in my sense, you know, when you finally scrounge up money that you were going to use for something very important and instead you use it for to try to dive into some therapy and it just doesn't feel it's, right. it, it feels like exactly what you're saying is being proven. You know, I hear when you. you yeah. When you like saying like, this person who is, I guess, supposed to help people like me, really only wants to know my credit card information so they can process my first month's payment and then get me up on a plan so I can actually keep coming to them and they can get actually a grand total of $500 that I don't have when you said it was $49 for me to give you a call or the first setup yeah. was free and everything and I could talk to this animatronic person but not a real person. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. And and when you, when you have something validated like that that nobody cares, you mm-hmm. know, it just reinforces that negative thinking. Yeah. And it just, you know, you know, you know, I've been, I've yeah, been that's a, you know, and I think, you know, you think about, um, mental health mm-hmm. and then not having any money for mental health. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, not, if you don't have any money to access the, the types of mental health that cost money, mm-hmm where where do you access that and where where did you find uh, was it, it it's a friend right who does show up it, 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 it's, it's for it's, me it's, it's just it's your it's, son who shows you unconditional love that i mean i can't i can't vent to my son you know he's three right you know but what i <laughs> he he's just a tether that keeps you here while you're hopefully trying to find some assistance but mm-hmm. it for me it just came with little breakdowns you know it mm-hmm. came from breaking down to like and sometimes, and I hope, I hope people, you know, I, that's why I try to always be there to hopefully listen and hopefully can notice some signs when somebody's going through something. But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it came from when I, you know, eventually get to a point where I'm trying to explain what's going on to me and they hit me with the same thing. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's crazy, but look, I'm gonna call you back. And it's like, no, don't call me back. I don't hang up this phone. Mm. Don't, do not hang up on me right now when I, and when I need literally Something. Mm. I need anything. I need you to literally convince me that when you hang up this this phone, mm-hmm. that I'm not back to being exactly what I feel like I am mm-hmm. consistently. You know, and that's yeah. and eventually, you know, I guess you know when you have enough courage to throw it out there like that, that's when people will start to listen a little bit more, even mm. the ones that don't. Yeah, and hopefully, when you do, there's somebody that actually listen. Yeah, you know, I so I I had I'd been abusing uh, alcohol and and then I was on prescription Xanax. Yeah, and I was combining the two, which was is a terrible combination. It mm-hmm. led to a lot of bad decisions. And so, um, at, when I was at my darkest moment, I actually 
you know, went to a like a like an AA group and it's free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what's interesting is that um, I, I found that like some kind of support group that's free like that, mm-hmm. where people can where you can talk about. And the beautiful thing about that, and I'm not you know, not everybody's going to do that, but but I'm thinking that these that I, what I watched was that people would come in there, they would be at rock bottom. But and of course, their problem was alcohol. So not everybody's problem is alcohol, but they were at rock bottom and then they they could come into a group and there'd be a group of people that would get listen to them, be super honest, sometimes crying their eyes out, mm-hmm. care for them. And then they they'd be there again for them and again for them. They could always come in for free. Yeah. And they could always come in and talk. And those people are always reaching their, their hand out to that person. I think whether it's alcohol or whatever, it's kind of a beautiful model where, where when people give themselves to other people that way. And it's not that hard to. It's not that hard to, you know, just be there. Yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to is just being there. And, um, and I think what's even more important, which is just, uh, mentioned about us being there consistently mm-hmm. you know being there once off the time is just not enough mm-hmm. you know that's that's almost like when when you when your kid is trying to get your attention daddy 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 mm-hmm. daddy 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 and then you finally just oh, what you know and then they tell you show you whatever it is and then it's just not important after that you know so when you the consistency of that is very important when you're being there for someone you can't just be there when it's convenient you can't just be there when you want you know, you have to actually. It's it's a it's a it's a challenge. You mm-hmm. know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So your new some of your new music is gonna is is kind of reflecting some of the mm-hmm. stuff that you've gone through. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Try to put so, in a metaphor that that you know. Yeah, because that's my thing. I guess you know what I'm saying. It's how I like to put out my art. I don't like to be so so surface. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it reflects a lot of that. Well, good stuff, man. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to, for sure. to come and talk and share. What, what what are the ways that people can connect with your stuff? And if there's if there's some business leaders listening out there, they want to use your uh, services. How how do they connect with you? For sure, you can um, anything personal or music related. You can hit me up on any of the social platforms. They're all pretty much the same with slight differences. They're either going to be Mellow Mouse or Mellow Mouse KC on when you know twitter facebook instagram all the same and if you look for any type of work from our company it would be viewpoint visuals kc on instagram it's probably going to be the best way to get a prop prompt respond to us or directly from our email which is vpvbooking at gmail.com it's v is in victor p is in paul v is in victor again booking at gmail.com okay all right good stuff check out mellow miles Check out his new music coming out. His his YouTube channel is also uh, Mellow Miles. Yep. And uh, good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures, and we'll see you next time. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation. Or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.